In the end of Parshas Nitzavim, the Pesach says, Hachayim v'amavis nosati l'fonecho, Hashem is saying to the Yidin through Moshe Rabbeinu, I've given you life and the opposite of life, of v'acharto b'chayim, you should choose life, so that you will live in your children, etc. On the words of v'acharto b'chayim, Rashi tells us, that v'acharto b'chayim means, I'm showing you, I'm guiding you, that you should choose the portion of life. Rashi goes on with a mushal, like a person that tells his child, Choose a good portion in my estate. He actually directs him to the good portion. And he says to him, Choose this one. And then Rashi goes ahead and brings a proof. He brings a Pasuk into Hillim, which says, Hashem, you are my allotted portion, my cup. Which Rashi explains that as meaning, you placed my hand on the good lot, telling me, take this one. Now we need to understand what is difficult in the words of Uvachar Tabachayim that Rashi needs to have such a lengthy explanation about. Seemingly, the Pasuk seems to be very simple. Hashem is giving us good advice or commanding us or giving us good advice to choose the way of life by loving Hashem, by going in the way of His mitzvahs. Now simply we could say that Rashi is coming to explain that Uvachar Tabachayim is in fact not a command or good advice because we wouldn't have to be told to choose life. But rather, since we don't necessarily always see that life is dependent on doing good, so Hashem is showing us that this is the right way to get life. And this is why Rashi brings an example of a person telling his child to choose the good portion, and he guides him to the good portion. Nevertheless, says the Rebbe, we still don't understand the full arichos of Rashi. Why do we need a mushal? This seems to be something very, very simple and obvious that we don't always see how doing good leads to life. So why do we need to say a mushal about this? This is an obvious point. Also, what is this idea that even after the father guiding the child to the right place, he still needs to tell him, choose this one. Why does he have to tell him, choose this one? And also, where do we see this idea in our psukim? And also, why do we need this pasuk of Tehillim, which Rashi explains to us as meaning that Hashem places our hand on the good lot and saying, take this one. So the Rebbe says the explanation is, what was bothering Rashi is that in the earlier psukim we basically seemingly have this whole point already being said. That by doing good, that's the way you have life. By doing bad, you chas v'shalom get the other way around. What, what is the new message of these psukim? Says Rashi, the main chiddush of this pasuk is these words, uvachar tabachayim, choose life, which wasn't said earlier. What is the chiddush in this? What is being said? That's why Rashi brings the mushal where we see this idea that a father could first guide his child to the right portion, and yet he still needs to encourage him and say, choose this portion, as we'll soon see why that is. And that's the answer in our case as well. That yes, we did have a number of psukim describing how doing good brings life, and the opposite is also true. And that's like the father guiding the child in the right direction, showing him this is the right path. And yet there's psukim afterwards, like the father that tells the child, choose this one, Hashem says, Uvachar tabachayim. Why is this necessary? Because even though it's true that on the one hand we're 100% sure that since that Hashem is giving us the very, very best, that is, since Hashem is the creator of the world, number one, He knows what's the best and the way to get there. And we are His children, so surely He wants to give us the very, very best. Nevertheless, practically, we don't always see it with our Gashmi's, the eyes, that it is the good portion, that this is the way to life. And therefore, Hashem not only tells us and shows us what's the way to life, but He also encourages us and says, go ahead and choose this one. Now, 
even though sometimes it seems to be the opposite, that derech Rishoyim Tzolechot seems to be sometimes that the Rishoyim are being successful. This is why Rashi needs to add now the next section and brings us the Pasuk of Tehillim. Which according to Rashi means Hashem is placing our hand on the good lot and telling us, take this. What does this mean? That Hashem is not only telling us what is the right path, but Hashem is actually putting our hand on the good lot. In other words, Hashem is showing us, Begashmias, that we could also see that this is the path to life, that at least sometimes we could actually see this very, very clearly, that by doing the right things, doing the good things, this is going to lead to Gashmias, the life also in the literal sense. That assures the Yid that this is the right, that, that in truth, by doing good, this will ultimately always lead to life and to good things. The Rebbe now points out an interesting diuk in Rashi, whereas in the Moshul, where Rashi is speaking about the good portion, the father says, choose this one, whereas in the Nimshul, by Hashem, Rashi speaks about a goyrul, the good lot, and Hashem says, take this one. The Rebbe explains the difference being that by the child, ultimately, when the father tells the child, choose this one, the child doesn't have it yet at all. It's not his yet until he chooses it. Whereas by Hashem, Hashem has, so to speak, chosen it for us already. Hashem gave it to us already. All we need is Hashem is saying, take it now for yourself. The Rebbe points out in the next section of the Sicha Osa, something that comes out, Lahalacha, as a result of this. I'm not going to go into that point right now. We're going to move on to the Chassidus aspect of our Rashi. Says the Rebbe, these two parts of Rashi, where again in the first part, Rashi uses the expression, about the good portion. The father says, choose this. In the second part, by the nimshol, the expression is the goyrol hatoiv, the good lot. Take it. Says the Rebbe, these are really two ways how a yid brings about by himself to choose uvachar tabachayim. The two ways are going to be, the first one being a cheshboin, based on a calculation of reason, of logic. That means there are two portions, there are two things that he needs, to, two options where he needs to choose from. Each one seems to have a certain mila, and yet he goes ahead and chooses one over the other, as we'll soon explain. Then there's another way where the yid is choosing based higher than tamvadas, higher than logic. And that's what it's called a goyra, like a lottery. That there's, it seems to be nothing to do with logic at all. And the bhira is all about just go ahead and take it for yourself. In other words, there's no room for anything else at all. The only avoida is just go ahead and take it. To explain. We know that Chassidus explains the idea of why it is that Klippa gets chayis and that Rishoyim sometimes be, are successful is because generally the Ashpah, the way it comes from Hashem, the chayis that comes down from Hashem, there's something called the chayis that's coming in a makif way, in a way that's so unlimited that it remains surrounding and all-encompassing. And then there's a type of chayis that comes down in a more specific, limited, finite way, which is called an oir pnimi, an internal oir. Now this oir pnimi is, you need to deserve it, and that's the one that comes to Kedusha. As far as the oir that's makiv, that's more bleakful, because there are no limitations, Klippa also ends up getting from there, even though they don't deserve it. So what's happening here is that a yid is choosing the way of Kedusha, the Ashpah that's coming in a pnimi is the way, which seems to be a more finite Ashpah, over the Ashpah that's coming from the makiv, which seems to be more bleakful. Why is he choosing not to get that way through the way of Klippos, which is the way that Makif is, go, is going to be giving the highest to the Rishoyim? So there's generally two explanations. One is more of a logical one, 
that the Yid realizes that the Ashpah that's coming to the Rishoyim, which seems to be a lot, but that's only temporary. Ultimately, it's going to stop. It can't go on forever like that. Whereas Kedusha, ultimately, even though it seems to be small right now, is going to be the one that's, in the long run, going to end up with something everlasting and more. But that's still a logical explanation that it's more worth it. This one is hinted in the first part of Rashi, where Rashi says, there's a good portion, choose this one. That means to say, there are two portions, each one seems to have a certain advantage, and we have a choice. But then there's another idea, that since the Ashpah to Kedusha is coming from the Pnimius of what Hashem really wants to give, even though it's smaller, this is more precious to the Yid than all of the abundant amount of Chayis that might be coming to the Klippa, but it's something that Hashem is uninterested in. Now here is not a cheshben, a calculation based on reason, but it's the idea that a yid in his very essence wants elikus just because of the essence of his neshama. And this essence of the neshama is actually the one that's called a goyro, like something, a lottery, that's beyond reason. And here we don't even say beroyrlucha, choose it. Rather, all that's left is kachlucha, it's there already. As far as our etzim and neshama is concerned, there is only elikus. The only issue that there is, is we need to be told, take that high level and bring it down inside of yourself, in a pnimius as well, to impact your machshava, dibur and maisa. Now when we look at our Pasuk, it says, it sounds like there is still choices. And Rashi is coming and hinting to the second idea by bringing that Pasuk into Hillim, which Rashi explains as meaning that Hashem is placing our hand on this goyal and saying just, take it. Why is that? So the Rebbe says, when we look at this idea of Bechira, there's two levels. In the Shairish, in the very essence why Yid is choosing Alikus, again, is really only because he's one with Hashem. And we're calling it Bechira Chafshis, free choice in the sense, because he's not being compelled based on any reason, on logic and all of that, based on any advantages that there are, but again, purely just because of the etzim of Alikus, that as far as this is concerned, there's no room for anything else. But stage number two is now to reveal that also in our seichel. That means that we look at it with our seichel and there seems to be two choices and yet the yid goes ahead and chooses one over the other. And therefore in the Pasuk we speak about that there seems to be two choices because practically in Avoidah we need to have this Bechira that the yid chooses in a way of that he sees two options and he but Rashi, which is Yenah Shaltaita, reveals to us that Bepnimius, on the real level, in the root and in the source, the choice of a Yid and Elikus is coming from a place that's completely higher than reason, in a way that we call the Goyrol, and therefore there's no other options even. The only thing is, again, Kachlucha, we need to take it down inside of ourselves and bring it into a Pnimius. The Rebbe concludes that with connection to Rosh Hashanah, that this is also the time that we say to Hashem, that Hashem should choose us. We are being mo'erer in Hashem to choose us, and we achieve this by us choosing Hashem, not only based on reason, but also from the very essence of our neshama, and through this we bring about that Hashem also chooses the Yidin.